Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing good. This has just been one of those weeks. Do you ever get those weeks where you just feel like you are constantly behind on everything? Like you just feel like you're playing catch up every single day and every single time it gets to the end of the day you're like oh for fuck's sake I still haven't got everything done and it all just gets dragged over to the next day like you've just got the kind of never-ending to-do list that is me this week and it's really stressing me out like the amount of shit I have to do by the end of tonight and tomorrow before I go skiing is insane but it's fine I'm just like living in chronic overwhelmed mode do you know just constantly like scatterbrain rushing about the place also talking about scatterbrain my, I don't know about any, like, is this a thing at the moment or am I the only person experiencing this? My short term memory is so bad. Like the amount of times in the last month that I have, say, been about to go out the front door and then ran upstairs because I've forgotten to grab something, got upstairs and been like, what the fuck did I come upstairs for? And then I just stand there full brain fart for like a solid two minutes, walk downstairs, none the wiser. And then it'll maybe come to me like two minutes later or it just won't come to me at all and I'll be in the car like 10 minutes later and then it'll come to me. I don't know. I've just been like so stupid or something recently. Or I'll go to a shop to get something and completely forget what I needed. This is why lists are so essential for me. Or what was it? Oh, my mum rang me one evening and was like, is there any chance you could go pick up one of the dogs after their haircut tomorrow? And that sounds so funny. (laughs) Pick up the dogs after one of their haircuts. Sounds like an actual child because I'm working and I was like yeah yeah that's fine I have nothing on in the morning I wake up completely forget I'm there making my coffee making a little protein shake about to go to the gym get a call from my mum an hour well sorry half an hour after I was supposed to go and collect him and she's like any chance you could go get him and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like the second something goes in one ear it just comes out the other I swear to god and I ended up picking him up a full hour late god bless him sitting there in the groomers gets butchered every time as well that man has never had a good haircut in the dog salon god love him i mean how do you realistically how do you cut a curly cocker spaniel and make it look nice do you know what i mean they just do look better when their hair is longer and they have the wee curls when you shave them all off it's not a good look for them god bless them they look very bald and very strange but it has to be done because otherwise they just get so smelly and so mucky But yeah, I just kind of seem to constantly be in like cuckoo land at the minute, like just off of my own world. This is another thing. Do you ever start driving somewhere and you just go on full autopilot and start driving a route that you would normally go? So for example, the other night 
I was driving me and my mum somewhere, I can't remember where, and I just started going the route that I normally drive to dance, which is a completely different place to where I was driving me and my mum, like completely different side of Belfast. And I just, but I just go fully into autopilot and just start driving a route that I am used to without thinking about it. And then three minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm literally going the complete wrong direction and then turn. And it's not a sense of direction thing because I actually have really good sense of direction. I'm not one of those people that needs to, I have friends that are like this and it actually pains me. You know, people that have to literally Google Maps to somewhere that's five minutes away from them. I literally never use Google Maps unless it's like the first time that I'm going to a new place. But then just from that first time, I'll be able to get back and go there again. So I'm not a Google Maps person. I have a good sense of direction, but sometimes I just go into autopilot and forget where I'm driving. And then I realize I like a clock on and I'm like, oh shit. And I have to do a full 180 and go back at myself. I don't know if there's something in the air. Like, tell me if you're also getting this. So I know I'm not alone. Or maybe it's just a result of living in a chronically overwhelmed state that sometimes my brain just switches off a bit. That could definitely be the answer. Anyway, as I said, I'm going skiing tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. In two days time. And oh, the flight is at 6am, which means being at the airport for 4am, which means getting up at like two or three. Love that. I like to think that I would sleep, but realistically, if you've got some last minute things to do, you've got the holiday excitement, there's no chance you're getting any sleep in there, is there? I don't know. Maybe even just a couple hours. Speaking of skiing, any fellow curly haired girlies, what the fuck do you do with your hair? Like that is just one time. Well, sorry, this isn't the only time, but that is definitely one time where I'm very jealous of people that just have like naturally smooth hair you know another time is in the humidity when people somehow manage to just maintain nice smooth hair like that has just never been the case for me I really struggle with my hair to be honest on holidays in particular climates as well like especially in places where it's very humid also if it's like traveling holidays where Say you're like going to loads of islands and you're getting in the sea a lot. Like having curly hair is a fucking nightmare then. But I don't think anyone cares as much as you do. The thing is, is like when you have curly hair, you're always comparing what your hair looks like to what your hair, to what your curls look like when they are their best, if that makes sense. But like no one else around you when you're traveling knows what your curls look like when they're their best. So no one else is comparing it to that. They just think you have nice curly hair. But anyway, I think it's going to be a fucking nightmare skiing. I think I will just have constant helmet hair. I'm going to bring loads of hats. Well, I say loads of hats. I don't think I own loads. I think I own about two hats. So I'll bring those two hats. Uh, Is there anything else I can bring? You know what? I'm just going to bring a bit of gel, a hairbrush, and it's going to be slicked back either in little buns or plaits. I'm going to have lots of pairs of sunglasses that can make up my look and make it look a bit better. There's just, there's not much I can do about it, you know? I'm not going to bring all of my shit to have to wash and diffuse and then carry out a five-step curly hair routine every evening. That's just not happening. So slicking back is probably going to be the go-to. We're going to a resort called Valterans, which keeps coming up on my TikTok. It honestly knows I'm going there. And it's the one that has the big upright ski place, like the big Foley douche. Foley douche. Sorry, I said that so well fast. <laughs> the big Foley douche. <laughs> oh, French people are 
turning in their graves and the big 360 bar they do look really good crack to be fair but the logistics of après ski kind of scare me something about okay well actually i think it's quite fun to be able to ski down the slopes a bit drunk i don't really mind that so getting home from the après is an issue what the issue is for me is the fact that you then come home and what what then like you have to get a shower, get changed, get out of your ski stuff and then like go out for dinner and look presentable but you're already drunk. It's like when you're on holiday, right? Do you ever get this with sun holidays and you'll maybe start drinking like with your lunch and then all of a sudden it's like, oh God, we need to get our shit together and go back to the accommodation and get showered because we've got a dinner booking at seven and it's like you've got to really pull your shit together and try and act like you're not drunk and then go out and then start drinking again but you've already peaked in the day I don't know I'm not a fan of that I don't like that kind of two separate times to me it should either be you drink at the at price ski or in the case of the sun holiday with the lunch or after lunch or whatever it may be on the beach and then you just carry on and then you have an early night you know You stay out in the same clothes and you're maybe in bed for eight or ten o'clock. Whereas the thought of like having to get your shit together, go home, get changed, then have a full separate drinking thing after that and then not finish until way later in the night. I don't know. Something about that just doesn't sit right with me. That's what I like about the Australians. They just start early and they carry on and they finish it early. It's not like two separate things like the Europeans love to do. I am a little bit worried about what the vegan food situation's gonna be in this place. I've never skied in France. I've skied in a few places and it's never been France. And I do know that the French are they're not into vegan food. They're not it's not a very vegan friendly country. Not even the cap like not even Paris is that vegan. Well, maybe it is now. But when I would have gone when I was I have cousins that live in Paris and so we would go and see them the old time but I remember when I was younger and I was just vegetarian at the time and even being vegetarian was really difficult in France I did a French exchange because I did French A-level and I went and stayed with a French family that I was put in contact with through my cousins and they really didn't speak much like the parents didn't speak basically any English the daughter's English was okay but obviously the whole purpose of that is for me to practice French so that was probably good that they didn't speak much English because I was just forced to speak French the whole time. They just like couldn't wrap their head around the fact that I was vegetarian. There was just like constant questions about so what do I actually eat then? And look, I get it. If you're not used to it, you don't know anyone that is. Obviously, it's going to be a bit weird to you. But like, I'm just really worried. But I'm also, on the other hand, I'm like, but it's a very touristy place, the French Alps. So maybe it's a bit better for vegetarians and vegans because because it's not very French French you know like yeah there's probably a lot of French people there but maybe it caters better towards tourists from all over and therefore maybe is catering better to vegans and vegetarians I don't know we'll see I feel like I'm probably gonna be living off of cheeseless pizzas and tomato pastas for a week that's my prediction which I don't mind for a few days, for a whole week, eating cheeseless pizzas and tomato pastas, mm, it's a lot of stodge. I'm gonna come home not feeling great. And then I was thinking, maybe I should just bring some stuff with me. Would that be weird of me to just like bring half a suitcase full of food? Although I don't have space probably in my suitcase to do that. But even just like some little things to make sure that, I don't know, let's say they'd booked a restaurant that was very much like 
a steak and or like a meat and potatoes kind of restaurant in that situation I've got my vegan pesto in my suitcase and I can just quickly have some pesto pasta before we go out for dinner and I can still go and enjoy being there at the dinner with everyone I don't know I haven't quite decided what I'm gonna bring just yet I know there's gonna be shops there obviously but I feel like the shops are gonna be outrageously expensive number one and two I don't know that I'll be finding things like tofu in the French Alps to be completely honest with you so you know a a wee pack of tofu could be coming in the suitcase with me that's maybe the most vegan thing I could ever do when you actually deep the logistics of them getting fresh produce or just anything for that matter like everything that has to go up the mountain to be there for people to live it's kind of crazy no I literally always do this when I'm sitting eating a meal, right? And it's like obviously consisting of a lot of different things on your plate. Like let's say you've got a rice stir fry with multiple different vegetables, your meat or your tofu or whatever it is and the rice. And I start to deep the fact that like every individual part of that meal has come from a different part in the world, been transported, gone through like multiple hands in order to be packed and then transported to the Tesco that you or the supermarket that you bought it from and then now it's just on your plate that's wild to me (laughs) and I think when I worked in a banana farm in Australia it really made me deep that even more because you would see the process of how just bananas would get from like farm to plate do you know what I mean like the amount of people that that took and the amount of time that it takes as well for them to grow and everything. I don't know, like, it's just crazy. And then the fact that that meal's just like on your plate for probably the equivalent of, I don't know if you actually worked it out with the measurements and stuff, probably like under three pounds. And that's just like sat on your plate, but it's taken so many people and so much transport for it to get there. That's fucked up. That is really fucked up. When I think about it too much, it sends me into a spiral. Especially in like UK and Ireland, because we literally don't grow anything ourselves. Well, I know we do like potatoes and root vegetables, but... Apart from that, literally everything else is imported. That's a really good thing about Australia, actually, is like almost everything is homegrown. And they have tax on produce coming from outside of Australia so that everyone buys Australian produce. Produce? Oh my God, why can't... I don't know what that word is anymore now. I've said it too many times, so I'm not going to say it again. I feel like I'm saying it the American way. Anyway, where were we? God, I don't know. What else have I been up to? Oh, I went on a run today. I'm trying to keep up with my one run a week. And I will never be a runner. As in, I'm not going to be doing multiple runs a week. I'm never going to be doing... I was going to say I'll never be doing a 10k. Maybe once in my life I would like to do a 10k. I am never going to do a marathon or a half marathon or anything of the sorts. I'm very much a 5k kind of gal once a week. And that is more than enough for me. I don't track it. I don't want to track it. I've no interest in tracking it. I've no interest in trying to like keep a certain pace and time or trying to make sure I'm doing a certain distance. I don't care. Like my weekly run for me is my chance to get a bit of cardio in, to get the endorphins pumping and to get some fresh air. That's what it is for me. And I love it for that and what that brings to me. I also think it's so nice because see when you're in the habit of So for example, most other mornings I go to the gym and like nine times out of 10 I spend, sometimes I can spend like an hour and a half in the gym and then you've got like the 10 minutes there and 10 minutes back. 
all in all, like by the time you get in the shower, then you're almost out of two hours of your day. And see, when you just go on like a little short run, the fact that you leave your front door and then come back to your front door half an hour later and that's it done is so convenient. So I love that about it because it's not like wasting a full two hours in the gym. But yeah, if you kind of relate to me in that sense where you're like, I'm definitely not a runner, like I've no intentions to become a runner and to start doing like three runs a week, but you do want the kind of like benefits that come with doing a wee run every now and then, I highly recommend just honestly just doing it and just not tracking it and not thinking about that and thinking about just the fact that you're getting outside and getting the endorphins pumping and just not fixating on like how fast or slow you are or how long you're running. I think if you fixate on that too much, it can become a bit like demotivating them when you're not improving or I don't know. I just don't care to know that shit. Do you know what I mean? And it's a really, really nice way to start the day. And if you don't have time to be getting up and driving and going to the gym before work in the morning, going for a little run is a really nice alternative because you could literally just do 20 minutes. And as I said, that's literally 20 minutes. It's not 20 minutes with a 10 minute drive there and a 10 minute drive back. It's 20 minutes from your door and back to your front door. The one thing is about running though, I would say if you do want to start it, I do highly recommend investing in your trainers. I spent a couple of months not wearing the right shoes for running. I think it was like over summer when I decided, actually, maybe I will go on a wee run. And every time I'd be like, I'm never doing that again because I would get the worst shin splints ever. And it actually turned out it was just the trainers I was using. So I upgraded. I got some nice New Balance running trainers. They're the fresh foam ones and they're pink and they're gorgeous. They're stunning. And the difference is insane. You honestly see when you go from like a bad trainer to a good running shoe, you literally feel like you're bouncing around the place like on a trampoline, like you're just floating in the clouds. It makes it feel so much easier. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place, like completely haywire. And I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up, I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiralling about them, I'm not talking about it, I'm just sitting there overthinking them, letting them stress me out even more and as a result I'm irritable, I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at, I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things. I know I'm not alone in this, I know this is something that so many of us face, we feel like We don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things. Or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out. And that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. I have benefited from therapy so much in the past and one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk. It was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like awkward kind of chat where I was like, hey, I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member. It just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away and there's no faffing around. 
And I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away. And then not only that, but you talk it through, you rationalize it, you learn, you know, different better ways you can cope with these stressors. Also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are going to be preventative for these stressors in the first place. Therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And I mean, who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On that note, I think it's about time we get into this week's podcast topic. I'm not going to do a pit and peek of the week because this is a pre-record seeing as I'm going away. So it has literally been two days since I last spoke to you. I do not have a pit and a peek for the last two days. Although I do have a recommendation actually for you guys. We'll do a recommendation of the week and that is kombucha. And I know that's very vague, like I should probably give you a brand or something, but honestly, I just love all kombucha. And I've been recently every single kind of like mid-afternoon when it gets to like 3, 4 p.m. And I know I've still got like a couple of hours of work left to do and I'm trying to muster up the courage to sit down and do it. And what I do every afternoon, I'll sit down, I'll get a lovely thin stem wine glass out, some ice and I'll pour my kombucha into the wine glass and sit down and get my shit done. And it's just a lovely little ritual. I'm obsessed with it. Not only is the taste of kombucha amazing, the whole ritual of pouring it into a wine glass feels so luxurious. It's self-care to me. So that is my recommendation of the week. Let's do a little words of the week as well, actually. Let me see. I always forget what I've read out before and what I haven't. Anyway, this one's really nice. You're not a before and after story. You're fluid, multi-layered, ever-changing. You don't need to prove you've made it to some other side. You can just be you now. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast topic. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can better your relationship with food in a way that just makes sense to my brain. Now, if you haven't listened to my episode I did a few months ago on, it was called Bettering Your Relationship with Food. I will link that episode in this podcast description so you can go back and listen to that. That was a more kind of general episode on different ways you can better your relationship with food and how to switch your mindset around certain things. However, in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about what you can add to your diet as opposed to what you can take away from it. I feel like 
so much of diet culture is all about like restriction and cutting certain foods and cutting whole food groups sometimes and labeling certain things as bad. And for me, I think focusing too much on restricting things or taking things out of your diet is really triggering and can actually start like a really unhealthy mindset around restricting and all of that. I also just think the second you think about restricting or cutting out a certain food group or a certain food, straight away, I know for me anyway, I'll fixate on that food and that will become all I think about and therefore that'll be what I crave. I just think in general, having that kind of mindset around trying to cut things out of your diet can lead to really unhealthy habits when it comes to food. And I think especially if you've had like a history of disordered eating in your past, which I know pretty much majority of women have had that at some stage in their life or men as well, then thinking too much about that side of things can, as I said, just become really, really triggering. I think labeling foods or food groups as bad it ends up like causing guilt and shame around certain foods, which is a feeling or like an emotion that we should never feel when it comes to food. You deserve to treat yourself. You deserve to enjoy foods that maybe aren't the best for you or don't have the most nutritional value, you know? Like the amount of joy it brings me going and getting a little coffee and a pastry or a tray bake of some sort or a slice of cake. I deserve to enjoy that, as do you. There's no need for you to feel guilt around eating certain types of foods. And that's why I think this whole labeling foods as bad and good can trigger these really unhealthy thoughts. So instead, I like to focus on what I can add to my diet, how I can get the nutrition into my diet that I want to fuel my body. And then I can also have the treats as well as that because I know I'm getting everything else from other sources. I do not diet anymore. I haven't in a long, long time. I have worked very hard over the last... I'm going to say seven years or thereabouts of my life to come to a really good place in terms of like my relationship with food and eating. Don't get me wrong, like obviously there's times I do naturally just eat healthier than others or maybe make more of a conscious effort to make sure I'm getting like more whole foods in my diet. However, dieting is not part of my my lingo it's not within my radar. I'm really not getting the word right there, but I can't think of what the word is I'm trying to say. Anyway, dieting is not a thing in my life. I love to think of food as fuel for my body. I love to think of how I can get really nutrient-dense food in there and all the goodness. Not only because that makes me feel good internally, but then when you feel good internally, you kind of just like feel good externally and look good externally as well because your insides are thriving. And I think we should look at food for everything that it brings to our lives. Like it brings so much enjoyment, not only personally in terms of just like how it tastes, but also how it makes us feel, how it brings us together socially. Like think of all your family dinners and dates with people and going for a walk and a coffee and a croissant with your friend. Food brings so much enjoyment and entertainment into our lives. And I think take a step back and look at it in this very multifaceted way for everything that it brings to your life that's not just like yes it's nutrition and it's fuel and it's goodness and it's entertainment and it's social and you know just look at everything that it brings to your life it's so all-encompassing and it's also within your best interest to have your body working optimally and that's why I like to think about what can I add to my diet that's gonna make me feel good 
because then I feel confident because I feel good inside. And I think in turn that leads to better body image because at the end of the day, body image shouldn't be dependent on how your body looks in a certain day. That's the whole point about trying to improve your body image is to appreciate your body on a day-to-day basis, no matter how it looks. If you wake up bloated, if your hormones are going haywire and you feel like you just don't look yourself, if, I don't know, maybe if you've had a baby, whatever it is, our bodies are constantly changing, constantly evolving. There is probably no two days where your body looks exactly the same. And the whole point of like improving your body image is that you can come to a place where you appreciate your body for everything it does for you on a day-to-day basis and everything that it allows you to do and therefore having like good body image days isn't dependent on you looking a certain way that day because do you know what I mean because it's deeper than that and I think if you're able to think more about what you can add to your diet and how you can get more goodness and more nutrients into your diet so that you can feel better internally, that in turn is going to improve your body image just by way of feeling better from within. So I'm going to tell you all the things I try and add to my diet, some on a daily or some more like on a weekly basis. And I really hope that you can start to switch your mindset to be this way and to focus on what you can add to your diet and how you can get all the goodness for your gut and for your brain and your body in there on a daily and weekly basis. Because what that will mean is when you can focus on that, you can stop focusing on labeling things as bad and and what you can cut or restrict and all of that. Because I think ultimately you'll know you're getting goodness into your diet and therefore those things don't matter as much. There's so much room for that and there's no need to feel guilt or shame around that. You're getting all your nutrients and your goodness anyway. Okay, so number one for me, I'm a big gut health lover. I feel like you guys know this by now. It's maybe been a year or two that I've really kind of gotten into my gut health. And one thing that is really, really good for your gut health is anything fermented. So fermentation basically causes like bacteria to grow essentially, but it's bacteria that is really good for your gut health. Your gut is literally linked to every part of your body, like all of your cells basically. Sorry, I don't want to get like too sciencey here because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And also I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about, but based on my research, (laughs) um, a lot of your cells and kind of like everything that goes on in your body is made in your gut. I don't know an exact percentage on that. So I'm not going to give you an exact percentage on that. I just know a lot of things for your body are made in your gut. And therefore focusing on like the health of your gut microbiome can actually have such a huge knock-on effect to literally everything in your body from, you know, your skin, your mental clarity, your digestion. I have a friend who when she started taking probiotics, she stopped getting headaches. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that's very anecdotal, but like, I just feel like gut health is literally linked to everything. So fermented foods are things like kimchi. I love kimchi. It goes so well with things like rice and noodle stir fries. You can have like kimchi on toast with roast veg. It's like a spicy kind of pickled cabbage I think it's from somewhere in Asia, but I don't want to say the wrong place where it's from. So I'm not exactly sure of where it's from, but I do know it's Asian. It's mostly like it's very, very popular in Asian countries. 
Kimchi does have a very specific flavor profile. I do feel like a lot of people probably don't like it. It maybe is one of those love or hate kind of things. I personally think it's really delicious as long as it's like with the right thing. However, if you don't like kimchi, if the flavor profile is a bit too weird for you, another really good fermented food option is sauerkraut. And I feel like this one's a lot more readily available. Like I know kimchi is very popular now and you can get it in most big supermarkets, but I know for a fact that sauerkraut you can literally get in every supermarket. You get the big giant jars of it and it's very cheap. It doesn't have a strong of a flavor profile as kimchi. It's definitely a lot more mild. If you don't know what sauerkraut is, you might know it from, like it's very German, I think. So, isn't it German? Yeah, I want to say it's German. And they put it on their like hot dogs there. It's kind of like that pickled, like whitey green stuff they'd have on their hot dogs in Germany. I feel like sauerkraut's one of those things you could literally have with anything. You can throw it into salads. You can have it on the side of your like, scrambled eggs you can have it with your roasted veg like sauerkraut literally does go on anything and adds a really nice pickled fermented taste to things like if you're a pickle girl and you like topping things with like pickled jalapenos or pickled cucumbers and things try adding sauerkraut on top of things it's really nice another good one is sardo bread i've recently switched over to like only pretty much only buying sardo bread I do eat other breads, of course. Like, you know, if I'm having a burger, I'll have the burger bap. If my boyfriend makes bagels, I'll have bagels. But in general, now I try to just buy sardo, which works really well for me because personally, I think it's the yummiest bread ever. Like, it's not one of those ones where I'm like forfeiting not eating other breads because I want the health benefits of the sardo. To be honest, I would actually choose sardo over pretty much every bread. I think it's so yummy. Although you have to time the toasting of sardo perfectly because if you over toast it and it's too rock hard, it's like you may as well be having crackers with that, you know. It has to be lightly toasted and you get that really nice like soft, light, chewy bread but with the crisp outer layer. Stunning. Also, sardo is literally so readily available everywhere. It's like two pounds for loaf and Tesco. Of course, you also can take probiotics. I do this too. But they always say that, you know, getting the the nutrients from food is usually better than taking it from a pill. I don't know if this is the case with probiotics, though. I mean, I assume it is because I feel like it is that way with most things. However, there are some really good probiotics on the market. I take one probiotic tablet a day and I also drink a greens powder that has probiotics in it. So double whammy. And then I also, oh wait, did I mention kombucha? I think I forgot to mention kombucha. Kombucha is fermented tea. So it's really good for your gut as well. And I try to drink one kombucha a day. I eat lots of gut friendly things. I'm looking after my gut. Look after your gut and your gut will look after you. Okay, my second tip, this is also quite like gut health related. Basically, most nutritionists will say that in order to like keep a healthy gut microbiome and to feed all the bacteria in your gut it's good to try and aim to get around 30 different plants in your diet on a weekly basis now I know you might be thinking 30 plants sounds insane like there's no way I get 30 individual fruits and vegetables in my diet within a week like who gets that who's able to go out and buy 30 variations of fruits and vegetables but we're talking plants here not fruits and vegetables so What is a plant food? Like nuts, seeds, oats, 
legumes, so like chickpeas, peas, any other types of beans, that's all at different plants. Obviously fruits and vegetables as well, even things like fresh herbs, they're all plants. So when you actually break it down like that, this is really easy and I definitely achieve this and I'll tell you how I achieve this so easily because you might be thinking it still doesn't sound that easy to get 30 plants in your diet in a week but when I break it down like this you'll see how easy it actually is. So let's take my breakfast for example. I pretty much stick to like a variation of the same breakfast for I would say four or five mornings a week. It's a bowl of oats. So we've got the oats. That's our first plant. I do a tablespoon of chia seeds. That's the second one. I use oat milk in my oats but sometimes I use almond milk. Let's just take this example and say I'm using almond milk. So if I'm using almond milk that's a third plant, the almonds. Then I'm stirring in peanut butter. Peanuts is our fourth. I'm topping it with bananas and blueberries. That's five, six. I'm doing a tablespoon of my ground flaxseed, walnuts, Brazil nuts, Linwoods thingy that I always show on my TikTok. That is another three. What does that bring us to? Seven, eight, nine. And maybe I'll crumble on some pecans on top of that. Ten. There's ten plants within one breakfast and you've got a whole week to make up the other 30. Let's say you batch cook a soup that does you for three lunches, and within that soup, let's say like my green soup that I love, that I have posted a recipe for on my TikTok, it's got onions, it's got peas, it's got broccoli, spinach or kale, cannellini beans, courgette, I think that's everything, is that everything? Oh, fresh garlic, that's seven in a soup alone. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't have to overthink this and think, oh my God, I need to go to the supermarket and buy every type of fruit and vegetable under the sun. It's more just thinking about how can I diversify the plants that I'm getting into every meal? So maybe you're a chicken, veg, carb, dinner kind of person. And if that is the case, instead of just having broccoli, maybe try and sub that for like three, a combination of three vegetables. And maybe every night play around with like what your carb is. So one night have rice, one night have sweet potato, one night have quinoa. Just like play about with the different plant sources that you're getting. And in that way, you'll diversify how many plants you're getting into your gut. And therefore, you're feeding all the different strains of bacteria in your gut. And that's how you can like optimize your gut health. This is like gut health for dummies because I don't know any of the sciencey words. <laughs> Okay, leading on from that, I feel like this kind of falls into the same category, but we're going to make it a separate point. So number three is to make the rainbow on your plate. In general, the different colors of different fruits and vegetables is because they all contain like different nutrients and different vitamins and all of that. So if you can like try and make the rainbow on your plate, not only does it make your plate really fun and really colorful and beautiful and make for a lovely Instagram story (laughs) it also means you're well as I said in the previous point diversifying the amount of plants you're getting into your um, diet and it also means as a result you're getting the benefits from all of these different vegetables because they have all different vitamins and nutrients in them so when you're building a meal let's say it's ramen get your red peppers in, get your green broccoli in, get your yellow baby corn, your purple cabbage. Do you know what I mean? Try and think about how you can really make the rainbow on your plate. 
look, I'm not saying as well that you have to do this with every single meal, but to just be aware of these things I think is good. I really love having fun with this one when it comes to things like doing poke bowls and sushi rice bowls and like actually trying to make a full rainbow in the sushi rice bowl. Like getting your edamame and your red pepper and your sweet corn and your avocado and your pickled ginger and like fully making up an actual rainbow on your poke bowl. Because you eat with your eyes as well. Number four is to vary what you buy each week at the supermarket. We can get so stuck in our ways and we just know what we can cook and we know what's easy and we end up just doing the same shop almost every single week, coming on with the exact same things. And that's fine, I get it. Like we have our go-tos, our things we know how to make that take under 15 minutes. It's tasty. You know, why fix it if it's not broken kind of thing. I fully get that. However, if you stick to the same things all the time, as I said, you're not going to then feed all the different strains of probiotics in your gut. And so by varying what you buy each week in the supermarket, not only does it then make you a little bit more experimental with food and like break out of your comfort zone a little bit more, it also just means you're getting, again, a more diverse range of plants into your diet. And this doesn't have to be really like, you don't need to be going and buying really outlandish things that you wouldn't normally cook with. It can be really simple swaps. Like, for example, when I go to the supermarket, if I bought spinach the last week, I'll get kale the next week after that. If I got broccoli one week, I'll get courgettes after that. If I used cannellini beans in my soup or is as a sandwich filling, then I'll do chickpeas buy a couple of cans of chickpeas of the week after that. Do you know what I mean? It's really simple swaps to just kind of break the habit of always buying the same thing and always eating the same meal. Because you can eat the same meal, but just a different variation of it. Like maybe your go-to every single night or every weeknight because you just know it hits the spot. It's tasty. It takes you 15 minutes. It gets all your protein in or whatever it is you're trying to get out of your meal. And that's fine. Still stick with your stir fry. But maybe just try and add a different vegetable every week. Sub out the carrot and sub in some bok choy. Sub out the onion and get in some leeks. Do you know what I mean? Just literally making really simple swaps that are allowing your body to benefit from all the different vegetables and plants that are out there. Also with fruits as well, I tend to just kind of go with what's on offer instead of... I do have kind of staples that I'll always buy. Like for example, I will always have bananas in my house. I just find bananas are so handy to have for snacks for having with your breakfast they're a very versatile fruit you can put them in smoothies and everything so I'll always have my staples like bananas I'll always have frozen blueberries and raspberries in the fridge for my oats however the fruit I buy on top of that as in for snacking on throughout the week I tend to just kind of go with whatever's on offer you know if there's a pack of kiwis on offer I'll get kiwis that week if grapes are on offer the next week grapes it is so yeah just have a think about that next time you're doing your shop try and break out of your your norm, your comfort zone when it comes to food and try some different things. Another thing that has really helped me, tip number five, is to make sure you're getting a protein, a carb and a fat source in the majority of your meals. This is as basic as it gets. I swear we learned this in primary school and the whole eat well plate thing. Making sure you're getting each of those things on your plate, it's good for your hormones it's good for your energy throughout the day. It's good for your blood sugar. It's also good for like telling your brain when you're full. 
And I'll explain why. Because basically, so we have different hormones that, okay, sorry, let me break this down in a way that makes sense, that doesn't require me explaining it in a way that I can't explain it, basically. Say you were to sit down and just eat like a protein source, yeah? You have a hormone in your body that will respond to that and therefore tell your brain that you're full of protein. In the same way that you'll have a hormone that tells your brain that you're full because you've eaten only fats or only carbs. Like it's a different hormone. So if you're getting all three sources in there and all three of those hormones are alerting your brain to the fact that you're full with all of those things, it's therefore better at telling your body when you're full and it keeps you fuller for longer. And that's why when we eat really like nutritionally empty food, let's say you eat loads of toast, white bread toast with jam on it. Okay. So it's like quite high in sugar and it's only alerting your brain that you're full of sugar, but none of those other hormones are getting hit if that makes sense so that is why then literally half an hour an hour later you're starving again because you haven't had the protein and the fat as well you're eating like empty foods that have not much nutritional value in them spike your blood glucose level to be quite high and then it comes back down and all of a sudden you're really hungry again because you actually didn't get any nutrition from the food that you had eaten do you know what I mean and look this is not me saying that you have to be so anal with this and like make sure every single meal has your protein, fats and carbs. Absolutely not. Do you know the amount of nights I just crave a good bowl of pesto pasta or I wake up and all I want is a toasted bagel and a coffee? Like, of course, you're going to have times like that. However, a general kind of rule of thumb, I like to try and break down my meals and think of incorporating these things into. And then it means if you do want a snack and you do want it to be bread and jam, that's fine because you got your protein and fats in earlier with your lunch or whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? I think basing your meals around having these is a good habit to get into and it's just good for your body and your hormones and well yeah female hormones specifically as well actually. It's really good for us to get a protein, a fat and a carb source for our hormones in the morning. And again you don't need to overthink this one. If you wake up and you are craving a toasted bagel with jam just add some peanut butter in there. Get your protein in there. Maybe you're craving a bowl of creamy pasta. So instead of literally just adding like milk and cheese to the sauce, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do this by all means. If you want to just make a really simple cream and cheese sauce, you go ahead and do that. But if you do want to be a bit more conscious of getting the protein and the fat source in there, maybe make a creamy sauce with blended tofu and cashew nuts. And there you go. All three boxes ticked. Number six is to eat your greens, the oldest tale in the book. I know not everyone loves green vegetables. I am like that weird person that is vegetable obsessed. I literally love green vegetables. I know, I'm so weird. Like there is nothing I love more than a good roasted broccoli or asparagus. Sorry, I'm such a freak. Um, If you're not a big greens fan, you can like incorporate them in a way that isn't so in your face greens if that makes sense it can be as little as like putting a handful of spinach into your scrambled eggs or scrambled tofu green soup is a great way of getting in loads of greens in one meal also loads of brands are doing the greens powder now so if you really hate green veg you can literally drink it in a yummy juice 
I have also been doing that every day. You can also blend greens into your shakes and your smoothies, blend in frozen spinach, frozen kale. I know it sounds weird, but you can actually blend in frozen courgette as well. And that's quite a nice addition to smoothies. It really doesn't taste so much. If you actually think about it, like courgette doesn't have a huge amount of flavor. You have to kind of add lots of seasoning to it. So it works by blending it into smoothies. Trust me on that one. But yeah, eat your greens. Number seven, blueberries. I am blueberry obsessed and blueberries are so good for you. They're so full of antioxidants. I'm trying to think of other fruits that are full of antioxidants. I really don't know. I feel like kiwis are, are they? I don't know. Anyway, we should all be eating blueberries. I know berries are actually really expensive. Like I have the fright of my life every time I go into Tesco and see the price of berries. Do you know where it's really good actually for berries at a better price is little But also you can get frozen berries and they tend to be a lot cheaper. You can buy the big bags of frozen blueberries and raspberries and blackberries and I always have them in my fridge handy or my freezer handy, sorry. It just makes it so much easier. You're not worried about them going off or not eating them on time. You can throw them into your oats so easily or every night I'll have some like coconut yogurt with, I'll just quickly microwave some frozen blueberries and raspberries and have them with my coconut yogurt and my granola. That's another really good way, by the way, of getting loads of plants in by like one meal into your diet is by granola. Like if you have a multi-seed, multi-nut granola, it could have up to like 10 things in there. And that's you getting it in in just one little bowl of yogurt and granola. Anyway, yeah, eat your blueberries. They're fucking delicious too. Love a good blueberry mango smoothie. Oh, recently I've been making blueberry matcha protein shakes. Delicious. Again, check on my TikTok for that recipe. It tastes like a protein or it tastes like a smoothie version of the blank straight blueberry matcha. If you know, you know. Number eight is a food that I personally think is very overlooked. And that is legumes. Legumes are your peas, your chickpeas, your kidney beans, your all your different types of beans, your haricot beans, your black beans, pinto beans, lentils, those like beans and pulses, that is a legume. Legumes are so good for you and they're incredibly protein and nutrient rich. And as I said, I personally think they're very overlooked. My food shop genuinely consists of 50% legumes. I'm obsessed with them. I will buy every single can of legumes that there is on the tins aisle I will buy it all and I love having every one of them in my cupboard ready to go at all times because what if I want to make a five bean chili what if I want to make a three bean curry or a soup with loads of lentils or a lentil bolognese you know I just love having them handy I think you can literally throw them into anything I love bulking out my rice by adding lentils and having like a lentil rice mix you can also do this with other types of beans For example, that's really pop. What's that dish called in like Caribbean cuisine? I think it's literally called peas and rice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Legumes are a really good way of bulking out soups. Like I always make sure no matter what soup I'm making that it has some sort of protein, nutrient dense legume because it just makes it that bit more filling. Just try not to forget about these because I feel like people just do. You know, add them to your burritos, add them to your tacos. If you're roasting a load of veg, if you're just doing like a one bake tin of loads of roast veg and you're going to have it with whatever you normally, your chicken or your steak or your tofu, 
throw in a can of chickpeas to roast with it. Number nine of things I love to add to my diet is pickled veg. I am a pickle girly through and through. I love a big jar of pickles. I crave them constantly. There's nothing I love more than coming home and cracking open the pickle jar. I'm sorry if that's very unrelatable, but I know my pickle girlies are out there. But if you don't like those kind of like pickled cucumbers, there's heaps of other pickled veg you can buy. Literally just go to that section in the supermarket and you'll see all the different variations of pickled vegetables you can buy. You can buy like pickled roasted red peppers, carrots, pickled onions, the list goes on. Go and have fun in the supermarket, see what pickled veg you can pick up. Such a yummy addition to sandwiches and to salads and to anything really, or just as a snack if you're like me. And my 10th and final thing I love to add to my diet, I've kind of already mentioned this to be honest, but that is seeds and nuts, whether that be ground or whole. I go to Little and stock up on my nuts because some places are extortionate for nuts. Like there is no chance you will catch me paying eight pounds for a bag of walnuts. Are you joking? A bag of walnuts that's the size of my hand? Absolutely not. So I go to Little and I stock up and I get every single nut that they have because their bags of nuts are two pounds. Also, you can buy those bags of like the ground seed and nut mix, like I was talking about earlier, the Linwoods one. They've got different ones, but the one I tend to buy is the one with the pink packaging and it's got ground flaxseed, walnuts and Brazil nuts. So that's a good one. I just think nuts and seeds are so versatile. You can literally put them on top of anything for a nice little crunch. They're so full of good, healthy fats. Brazil nuts are so good for your skin. They're also a source of protein. Lots of seeds are really, really great for female hormones as well. Nuts and seeds are just a bit of a superfood. And I think making more of a conscious effort to add them into your diet whenever you can is really key. And if you're not like a real nuts person, like you wouldn't go and buy a bag of salted nuts, let's say, that's fine but just like I don't know crushing cashew nuts up onto your pasta or pine nuts over your pizza or peanuts in your stir fry a scoop of peanut butter or almond butter in your oats with a sprinkle of ground mixed nuts and seeds on top you know like it doesn't need to be so in your face buying a bag of nuts if that's not what you want it to be and you don't enjoy that but yeah that concludes my list of 10 things to add to your diet to fuel your body and to get in that goodness and that nutrition and make you shine from the inside out. I hope this episode helps some of you. I also am very aware that orthorexia is a thing when people get too fixated on like always eating healthy and I just want to say that this list of 10 things that you should add to your diet, you don't have to absolutely fixate on this and you know get angry at yourself or feel guilty when you don't add these things and have to have every single meal to be you know of peak nutritional value to your body or anything like that we don't want to go down that route where it's like toxic how healthy you want to be so definitely just be wary of that don't fixate on it too much I just think everything in moderation have your treats have your things that you love and also try and get your nutrient-dense foods when you can but also don't beat yourself up about it if you don't Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave me a little comment. It'll say in Spotify when you swipe up, what did you think of this week's episode? 
Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram stories, in your TikToks. I love saying that. As always, thank you all so much for your continued love and support in the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.